0: How's it going? How's it going? And welcome to From the Sidelines. My name is Josh Duvall, and I'm here with Chad Davis and Devin Davis. And today, we're talking some March Madness. Tournaments have began, and we've got a lot to get into. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at FTS Pod. Follow us on Twitter at FTS Pod as well. We got this thing out there floating around the interwebs called a website. You can visit that at FTSPod.com. That is F-T-S-P-O-D dot C-O-M if you can't spell. Got some articles out by Anthony Goss. Got some LCS and L E C content out there by Tyler Bender, so be sure to go check that out. And if you want to email us any thoughts, questions, concerns, March Madness picks, you can email us at dftspod at gmail.com. March Madness is here. Lots, lots going on, and we're gonna kick things off with the ACC. We're gonna we're gonna discuss just, just power five. Power six, if you will. We're gonna do power six. You know, that's that's what Devin called it earlier. I don't know if there's an official term for the, the six conferences like power five, but I don't know. Maybe we'll make up one. The insane six. I don't know. All right, now let's, let's kick it <laughs> off with the uh, let's kick it off with the ACC. So, I mean, during the time of this recording, you know, there's games going on right now. So, whenever this comes out, there'll be stuff out that we didn't didn't discuss today because you know we we're, we can't see the future. We don't have superpowers. But yeah, so um, looking at the ACC, um, are there any are there any teams that just just clear front runners to win in your all's opinion?
1: Well, I mean. The biggest thing, biggest thing that stood out to me is I thought Florida State was the superior team in the ACC. You know, it's kind of been a down year for the conference as a whole, and you know they're looking at like the best uh, overall seed they're going to get as a four seed um, in the bracket. So, you know, it's kind of been a down year for the ACC. Obviously, UNC and uh, Duke had their years of you know subpar performance, and Duke's season came to abrupt end with the COVID situation, unfortunately. But um, I think you know. Florida State was my favorite team um, heading into kind of March, and then they kind of flustered down the stretch, um, lost that game to Notre Dame and lost to North Carolina like the week prior. So uh, they kind of just had a rough stretch closing out the season. So I'm hoping, you know, um, in Greensboro they're able to turn it around. Um, MJ Walker has been really solid for the Seminoles. Um, I really liked his production as well. So, you know, I think uh, Leonard Hamilton has just been, you know stable as a coach can be in college basketball, and Florida State's constantly in the picture, so uh I kind of like to see them you know turn things around in Greensboro and head into head into the real tournament with some momentum.
2: yeah, this conference is pretty bad. I mean you got Georgia Tech as the four c that tells you all you need to know uh I think whoever wins the Florida State Virginia Tech, that bottom half of the bracket is going to win the tournament. I don't like Virginia. I never have, never will. I know they won the championship a couple years ago. But, you know, the year before that, they lost to a 16 seed. So I'm just not a big Virginia believer. And they just narrowly beat Syracuse on the last second shot. So I, I either Florida State or Virginia Tech, whoever comes out of. Or heck, even North Carolina. I could see North Carolina winning it. But, yeah, whoever comes out of the bottom half of that bracket, I like. But I want to go back to Duke for a second, because that's such a terrible way to have your season end. Like, they were on a bit of a run, and I totally could have seen them, like, moving on, because they were playing pretty well. And then, uh, poor Louisville, they just, they get beat out, they can't play anymore. Too bad uh, the COVID couldn't happen a day before.
0: Do I feel bad, though? Nope. Yeah, I don't really feel bad. I mean... If you've listened to this podcast, you, you kind of get hinted at the fact that we're Kentucky fans. So, uh, I mean, I will be unbiased towards Duke in, on this podcast. But in this case, I, I'm not all that upset. I'm not all that upset. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you all. When, you know, with FSU and Virginia Tech, I mean, I have them. I have them in the final four of this uh, ACC tournament. Uh, I have Virginia Tech getting to the championship. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. They're playing North Carolina right now. It's a close game, but just a kind of a boring bracket. I mean, just not much firepower going on here.
1: Yeah, I mean, when Georgia Tech is one of your semifinal teams and, you know, they're a bubble team at best, that's uh, that tells you everything you need to know. Miami making the run uh was basically the highlight of the ACC tournament, so um, I mean, there was there was some game winners that we got to see, but Notre Dame hit a game winner against Wake, and then Virginia hit one against Syracuse today, so, I mean, there's been some excitement, nonetheless, but, you know, I'm waiting for UNC to make their run to the semifinals, beat Virginia Tech, despite Josh's uh, absurd prediction. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> absurd, I don't know, that's the word. Riding yeah, anyway. accidentally.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think the you know the championship game of Saturday between Virginia and Florida State will be will be a fun game, and that's typically how it goes.
0: All right, let's go on to the Big East. So I will ask you the same question with the Big East: Are there any teams in this conference you are confident is going to make it to the championship? Are there any clear front runners in the Big East?
2: <laughs> well, I would have said Villanova about five hours ago, but. Uh... You know, they lost because right. Georgetown likes to shoot 100% from free throws, shooting 23 for 23, breaking a record for most consecutive free throws. So
0: uh, now I guess it's Creighton, I guess. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess Creighton, maybe UConn. I don't I don't really see any, any teams outside of that getting very far. I had Nova winning this bracket, so I'm kind of disappointed. Yeah, I mean, Georgetown hadn't shown any signs of
1: life like, basically all season, and then you know I didn't even think they'd beat uh, Marquette in the first round game, so the fact that they pulled the upset today against Villanova I mean, I don't think they'll win the tournament to steal a bid, but I mean, they're halfway there, so uh, but yeah, I mean, that means either they're sitting in the Hall or Georgetown's going to be in the Big East Championship game, and uh, if Georgetown makes it, they have the potential to steal a bid, so That'd be something to keep your keep your eyes on and uh big east. But yeah, I think that really just paves the way for Creighton. Um Creighton was you know, they've been really solid all year and um I think uh, you know, Denzel mahoney and Damian Jefferson uh are really good interior presences and you know, have really been anchors for Creighton all season. So I think the fact that they don't have to go through Villanova just, you know, really kind of open up opens the bracket up for them and I don't think UConn will be much of a problem and I kind of think they're kind of fraudulent this year, so um, yeah, I'm all I'm all on Creighton now.
0: How about how about DePaul beating Providence though, huh? Yeah, Josh's favorite team. They're they're gonna make a run. Yeah, DePaul. I mean, what can I say? Called that one. Not on the podcast in our in our in our bracket, but I did have DePaul winning for no particular reason. I just I have this thing about DePaul. Like every year in the bracket, like I just like saying the name DePaul. So. I automatically let them win at least one round. And then after that they lose, but yeah, it worked out, it worked out.
1: Yeah. I mean, no rhyme or reason. We're just picking the 11, six upset and it comes to fruition. So hats off to Josh.
0: <laughs> That's right. Maybe.
1: That's right, uh, one, yeah, one, one it. point, uh, I did want to bring up, you know, Villanova suffered the loss, um, uh, to Georgetown and they didn't, they, they're out without calling Gillespie, um, uh, since he had the knee injury, I believe. So what do you guys think? Um, uh, the kind of the March Madness um, prospects look like for the Colin Gillespie-less
0: Villanova Wildcats? Not good. I mean, they lost to Georgetown. I mean, I, I mean, they'll probably make it out at round 64, maybe round uh round 32, but I, I mean, I don't expect them to get very far. I
2: I don't know. Villanova's always a weird team. It's it's like they either make it to the round of 32 and then get upset, or they make it to the championship game and win it, but right? Like, yeah, this year I think it's going to be the the first
0: one. All right, that does it for the Big East. Let's get on to the other one of the other Bigs, um, the Big Ten. Now, this this is an interesting one. Um, I'm going to ask the question again: Who's your front runner in this in this this bracket, Big Big Ten?
1: I mean, you got you got a plethora of teams to choose from in the Big Ten. There's so many dominant you know forces and uh they've really been elite at the top and they kind of have some depth as well um so they've kind of you know even like Michigan state's like what the 9 seed in the bracket mm-hmm. um Indiana was the 10 you know they, they're not very good but you get the point i think uh i think you know you have a tough time choosing between kind of the top 5 teams in my opinion um i mean even Wisconsin is the 6 seeds like not completely out of that tier but uh, my favorite team out of kind of that upper echelon uh, is Illinois. I've really been on Illinois's train ever since, you know, that Missouri game back in December. Um, I think they really showed a lot of ability to overcome adversity. as was a really competitive environment on the road, uh, despite the limited fans. They really, they really kind of, you know, showed me a lot of, a lot of coordination and a lot of, you know. Perseverance, that's the word I'm looking for. So, you know, I think with Io DeSumo and Kofi Cockburn, like the really really good interior presence. And, you know, Io, I think, is one of the best players in college basketball this season. So um, when it gets close in late late game situations in March, I want the best player on my side. And I think uh, DeSumo is that guy.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, I'm a big DeSumo guy this year. He's just, got yeah, he's got that post presence. Um, I got I got Illinois. Win in this bracket. Um, I mean, I honestly think they they won't have any problems. I honestly feel like they could make a pretty good run once the full bracket comes out. in the NCAA tournament. Um, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, I'm on the old Illinois train as well. I mean, I, what do you think, well, yeah, Devin? You go to Purdue. What do you, what do you think Purdue's going to look like? You know, I've always kind
1: of like been skeptical of Purdue. Uh, maybe it's just like maybe it's just the fact that i'm like too close or like too involved in for the purdue athletics and basketball team you know i'm kind of like pessimistic based on what i've seen but i'm really like you know not convinced that they're that good i think you know they have they have really good depth which i think has kind of helped them out throughout the regular season um and travion and williams is really good and you know Jaden ivy is a solid option as well so now, I think they have some pieces that you know are solid and can you know put up points, but I really think they're susceptible to an upset come March, and I I don't think they'll win a game in the Big Ten tournament. So that's kind of where I stand. Um, I definitely like Michigan, Illinois, Iowa, Ohio State uh, much more than Purdue. So you know, Purdue just had way too many close games with teams that they should just be beating. You know, if they're really that elite. Um but they are on a they're not a nice hot streak there one of the last five games I believe, so they do have some momentum on their side, but uh, like I said, I just think they're probably fifth or sixth best team in the
2: Big Ten and could be upset come March. I saw Illinois was ranked sixth in like the preseason poll or whatever. I was like, no way, it's Illinois, they're never good. I watched their first the first game I watched of theirs. I was like completely blown away. I was like, Wow, this team's really good. And you got a star in Iowa. I always called him Ao because that you know that was more fun to say Ao de Sumo. Uh, but yeah, you got it. He's like a star. He's so good. I play him in fantasy all the time. He's he just goes off. And they got a really solid team. Um, if they can get past uh, Garza and Iowa, I mean i I look for them to win it. I think Michigan is a fraud. Um, Ohio State, eh. and like Devin said with Purdue, I just. I just I'm just not not really feeling those teams so I but yeah I think Illinois is the best team in this deep league
1: Yeah and I've always been on the Brad Underwood train forever I think he's a terrific coach um even back in the Stephen of Austin days I I loved watching him so and he he was good as a well a short stint at Oklahoma State as well I believe so yeah I think you know he is the track record that he's proven in March and He has the two um, elite players to kind of, you know, win those close games down the stretch. So uh, I definitely, I definitely like Illinois' potential. Uh, I think Iowa is, I think their play style is really like what uh, kind of helps them. Uh, I'm not, I've never been a big uh, Garza guy myself. I, I just really don't understand how he's like, how he's so good. Maybe not even good is the word, just like puts up stats, but it's, I just feel like, you know, he's like a 1970s basketball, like how is this guy good in today's like college basketball? I mean, I guess he's, what does he shoot from three? It's like what 43%, but he doesn't really shoot that much. So like, I don't know. I feel like, you know, you can just double team him in the post. Uh, if you have a guy that can kind of box him out like Kofi Cochran, then I think, you know, he can kind of be nullified on the boards. But I've never understood how uh, Luka Garzas is that good. Um, that's just always kind of
0: confused me. I don't understand how you can shoot with those humongous eyebrows. <laughs> you a lawnmower. You need a lawnmower to trim them. I mean, I think Iowa is the only really competition on that side of the bracket for Illinois, in my opinion. I mean, maybe Wisconsin. Whoever wins that game is definitely going to play them in the semis. All right, well, let's get on to the third and final big, uh, big 12, big 12. Yeah, a lot, uh, not, not as much going on here, but I'm going to ask you the question. What do you guys think? Who's the front runner? This bracket is just wide open.
2: The whole, the top like seven seeds, I mean, well, top six, really, I, I'm a, not a big Oklahoma guy, but like you could see, you could have an argument where each, each of those teams could win it. Texas has been a lot better than they normally are, and uh, but yet, again, they're playing the six seed, Texas Tech, who is favored against the game tonight. But you got Baylor up there at the top with only one loss on the year. They play Oklahoma State and Cade Cunningham the next round, so there's no guarantee they can win that game either. The, this bracket's really just wide open for me. Um, if I had to pick one, I guess I would go Baylor just because they know how to win games uh, more consistently.
0: Yeah, that's who I've got winning is Baylor. Um, fortunately, I had Oklahoma State losing, so that sucks. Uh kind of not 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 huge on the Cade Cunningham bandwagon yet, but uh, yeah, I got Baylor winning, and I got Kansas in the ship. Uh, Texas and Texas Tech, I feel like it could definitely go either way. I have Texas, but I, I do I do see both sides. I got I feel like it could go either way. It's I agree with what you said. It's a very open bracket, but I don't know. I feel like it's kind of hard to side against Baylor. I feel like Baylor should be able to do this pretty, pretty easily. Honestly, you got to get past Oklahoma State. I mean, that's one. You got to stop one guy.
1: See, you say that. I understand that Cade Cunningham is like. I understand that he's like their best player by a mile, but like they still have what? Like all the rest of their starters are averaging like ten plus points a game. Like, I still think you know Oklahoma State's a really solid squad outside of Cade Cunningham. Um, I think you know Cade Cunningham is obviously really elite and um really good college basketball player. He has a terrific pro um outlook, but I think you know between Anderson Boone, uh, I think they, you know they have really solid uh, alternatives to kind of help uh, Cade Cunningham out. And we saw the game that uh, Cunningham didn't play well, a week ago. Um, they were able to step up nicely and really uh, fill the void. And I think they actually ended up winning uh winning that game against West Virginia. So, yeah, I don't think I don't think they're just a one man team. It's really uh really one of the reasons I like the Cowboys. Um outside of them though, I definitely think Baylor is the far superior team in this conference. Um, I actually think Texas Tech is the second best team. I really like I really like um uh, the Red Raiders. Um and you know, Matt McClung is one of my favorite players in college basketball, so big fan of Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. So, I mean, I think between him and Terrence Shannon, um, they're really solid in the backcourt, and I think that's one of the things you need um, come March is a good backcourt presence. So, yeah, I think the Red Raiders really will uh, probably be one of my favorite uh, kind of dark horse picks to make a run in, in the regular March Madness bracket.
0: All right, let's, let's move on to the Pac-12. Pac-12, not necessarily a clear front runner, but who do you guys have winning?
1: I really don't enjoy the Pac-12, never have, never will. It's the game you watch, it's the games you watch late at night, it's like midnight, 1am on the East Coast, and you're just watching because, you know, it's the only college basketball online, and you're forced, and you just want to watch, you want to watch some basketball, right? So you end up watching the Pac-12, you have to listen to Bill Walton go on about the Conference of Champions, despite the fact that they have like one team that's ever won a championship or been relevant um so you know that's just not not the conference for me um specifically but nonetheless um i think oregon is the team to beat like i said i think the conference as a whole is just really bad like i I was gonna make a joke earlier when josh was talking about you know the insane six i we can just call it the power five or move pack 12 Uh, they're kind of (laughs) irrelevant as it is they're they're the they're the, (laughs) they're the least competitive of those six conferences in my opinion and so yeah, I'm just really not looking forward to watching the Pac twelve tournament at all this year. Um I think Colorado um will be a really nice contender come March Madness though. Um uh, given the fact that I just, you know, went on a little tirade about Pac twelve. I do think Colorado and McKinley Wright uh at the helm. I think you know, I think he's a really solid um really solid option for Colorado and I like them to probably win uh win the Pac twelve actually um over Oregon. So that would be my pick. Um but yeah, I'm really just resident sleeper on this conference.
2: I'm not going to sit here and try and BS you all on what I think I know about these teams in this conference cuz truth is I really don't know jack squat about any of these teams. So you know what? I'm just going to take Oregon cuz they're the one seed. I have no basis. Their games are always on when I'm sleeping. They're on a fake TV channel, the Pac-12 Network, which I'm not even sure is a real channel. So, I just feel like they're the safer pick. They have a safer road, uh, in this bracket. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Give me the Ducks. I like Ducks.
0: Uh, I, I, I like Oregon. I mean, their starting five is pretty solid. Like it's like kind of like what Devin was saying about Oklahoma State earlier. They have a lot, a lot of guys. I think all like, their whole starting five is averaging over ten, ten plus points. I mean. You know, we've got um what's his name? Chris Darty. Uh he's pretty good. I mean he's solid. I mean I mean he's just a, he's just a good scorer. I mean he's he, it's kinda hard to side against him. Like Pac twelve, not a good conference. Oregon is a pretty decent team. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take the safe safe bet here and I'm gonna take uh I'm gonna stay in the right lane on the interstate. That's how that's how safe I'm feeling. I'm gonna take Oregon.
1: But, I mean, like like you said, the thing I do like about Oregon is the fact that their five starters are, you know, they're all at, like, really productive, um, pretty much averaging 11 plus points. The thing I don't like about Oregon is once you get past those five players, they ain't got much else to offer me. So, yeah. Uh, if there's any foul trouble um, that kind of catches up to them, or, you know, they they make it, you know, they like lead eight and they just kind of get gassed or something, you know, I could. I can see it falling apart rather quickly if things just don't go their way. Um just due to the fact that they only have those five players in my opinion. But yeah, I mean, I think I think they're, you know, a solid team as well. Um so I'll, I'll be interested to see them play Colorado I think in the Pac-12 Championship
0: game. All right, let's get on to the last conference tournament, which is the SEC. Uh games already happened uh as for example, Kentucky losing to Mississippi State after making a grand comeback, making a grand comeback, making like a twenty-point comeback in the second half, and then blowing it because of poor coaching.
2: That's just what they do. We have an incompetent coach that doesn't know what lineup is good, and when a lineup is good, he immediately takes two or three of those guys out and then puts in the the guys that you know dribble the ball off their foot, uh, shoot a wide open air ball. I the, refuse to play the players that can sh- put the ball in the basketball hoop. Right. We have okay. Dante Allen has been a bench warmer all season. When he gets like, like twenty five minutes in a game, he scores twenty plus points. The fact is, he just doesn't get in the game because you know our stupid coach does not like to play players that can score. I, I guess that's that's my takeaway. That's my takeaway. Um, so he just refuses to play shooters. He likes those weird guys that don't, aren't good, really good at anything. They just, they just can jump high. They can just jump high. That's, that's about it.
0: Now I'll tell you what he likes. He likes 17 year olds who have the IQ of a marble. That That's who he likes to play. I'm talking to you, Devin, ask you, you got potential, you got potential, but shouldn't be in there. Shouldn't be in there in the last, in any point of the game. You should have stayed for your senior year of high school. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get why we're not playing. Why we're not playing Dante Allen over him, and we're not playing Davion Mintz more. It's just I don't know. He maybe, maybe he'll develop. I know Cal's good at developing players, but uh, God, he is not he, the move.
2: He gets like thirty, thirty five minutes a game, right? I don't understand why he doesn't give you anything. The one game he did like get like a minutes restriction he played 19 minutes and had a plus minus of minus 18 okay that tells you all you need to know he had zero points zero assists one rebound and three turnovers (laughs) The, the, the dude needs to look into another profession okay i hear accounting's good nowadays um there's the hospitals are always looking for nurses he could be a nurse uh, you got COVID going on. There's always a shortage of those people. That that's my advice for him.
0: Yeah, I wasn't gonna go that far. I mean, all right, there you have it. That's Chad. That's Chad's outlook on UK basketball. Devin, what do you think about today's game against Mississippi State? I, I mean, I think I think they just lost the game in the first half um, when
1: Jackson picked up. Two fouls, and then Saar immediately after picked up his second foul as well. And then, you know, despite the fact that there's 10 minutes left in the first half, and we are just getting crushed inside. I mean, I think you just have to bring one of those guys back in off the bench. Lance, Lance Ware is clearly uh, not capable of, you know, defending Abdul Adu inside. Um, he had like 14 points in the first half.
0: Yeah, he went seven for seven in the first half. That's yeah,
1: ridiculous. like I think I think eventually you just have to bite the bullet put one if not both of those guys back in for at least you know two minute stretches a, a piece um just to kind of you know minimize the impact of the momentum that Mississippi State had in the first half and then once Dante Allen gets rolling in the second half uh, maybe we don't put him on the bench just for fun because um, we I guess we don't like scoring and we don't like seeing the ball go in the basket especially from three-point range we're just not interested in those propositions uh so yeah, but I think the first half um, refusal to put Jackson and Sarr back in, despite the foul trouble, was really the egregious part to me. And then Terrence Clark is just playing nine minutes for what reason? Like he hasn't played since the Louisville game back in December. He wasn't even good when he did play. What, what is he? What did he give us? He's just out there for fun to like look pretty for NBA scouts, I guess. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'd much rather see Toppin get those minutes who only had seven. Right. Like we could have, I feel like we could have used Toppin, uh, especially trying to shut down Molinar in the second half, who was the only reason we lost the game in the second half. So far, be it for me, to, uh, I'm not getting paid eight, nine million dollars, the highest paid coach in Division One. Be that as it may, uh, we have we have the rest of the SEC to talk about, and you know, not the not the eight seed that just lost uh, to Mississippi State in the first round. You know, I found it interesting. I found it interesting. On our website, on FTSPod.com, we had preview articles for all of these conferences by Anthony Goss. He gave you a detailed breakdown of every single conference. He talked about seven teams in the SEC. He talked about seven teams that he thought, you know, you need to know about heading into this week. Kentucky was not one of them. That tells you everything you need to know about this abysmal season for the Wildcats. <laughs> it tells you everything you need to know. I, I was like, oh, he didn't even mention Kentucky in this article. That's hilarious to me <laughs> for that bad.
0: I mean, I you know, I will say it is good that we went ahead and got our loss out of the way because round two, we would have gotten absolutely obliterated by Alabama, who I have winning the SEC tournament. Alabama's just an insane team this year. I mean, you got Shackleford, you got, you got Petty. I mean, there's just so many options. There's so many starters, guys they can go to, and they're not bad at shooting. They're very good at shooting the ball. So, you know, that that's what you need in 2021. So, I mean. Oh, like I have so many they have a couple of guys shooting over forty percent from three point line and that that's just the rest of the guys shooting you know mid thirties like it's just it's insane. What's interesting to me, Josh, is
1: you said that they're good at shooting the deep ball. They're really not though they're only like thirty five thirty six 36 percent that's not bad i mean yeah, Sorry. but like i guess I guess the thing that gets me is like. You see their play style. You think of how Nate Oates kind of runs his offense. So you and like John Petty is like one of the best three point shooters. So I don't take discredit him, but you know you think like that and you think you know they're one of the best shooting teams in the country, and they're actually not. I think it's just the fact that they play um, modern offensive basketball so efficiently yeah, that you know right. they kind of get that rep. Um, and of course they're prolific on offense. They score tons of points, but um, their efficiency isn't necessarily as good as it could be. I think.
0: Well, you got shooters and you take as many three point shots as them, you're gonna win games.
2: So yeah, I can I can get by I can get behind that for sure. I also just want to throw out there directly to Alabama, the college as a whole. You're not allowed to be good at both football and basketball. It's just not something you do. You can't you can be solid, but you can't be the best team in the conference in both sports. That's just not how it works. And this year they were clearly the best team. They're going to win this tournament. There's no team in this conference that will stop them from winning it, especially not Tennessee or Florida. Those teams are both both very fraudulent, overrated teams. Um, I guess maybe Arkansas. They've been on a bit of a run. They could probably play them the best. But I just know that the Alabama fans, when we were they were watching our game, they were rooting like heck for us to win. They wanted to play us so bad. I just know it. We're we're just not good. It's they they would have loved to have seen us r- rather than Mississippi State.
0: I actually got Arkansas going to the finals in the SEC tournament against Alabama. I mean, they look good and Moody just tears it up. I mean, he he hits it from everywhere. He is insane. And I mean, you know, you're averaging seventeen and a half points a game. I mean, that's that's pretty solid in any any kind of SEC play. So I got I got I got Arkansas going up there playing uh Alabama in the SEC championship. I don't know. That's kinda of how I feel. I feel like, you know, Florida obviously they don't have Keontae Johnson, so I mean they're and you've seen how they've played without him. They're not good. Tennessee is overrated. We beat them and we're terrible. So I mean I got I got I got Arkansas and Alabama in the championship.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree. I think Arkansas is really good and once they added Justin Smith to the rotation they've been twenty and two. Um Eric Musselman has as I'm rolling, so I think yeah, I mean I think LSU is not good. Uh, not a not a huge Cameron Thomas fan. Um he really relies on volume and he's not very efficient. Um yeah so I, I suspect uh LSU won't be much competition and I kinda think uh Old Miss will beat him. I really I really like Ole Miss. Um Devonta Shuler is really solid. Um he's really good at you know kind of distributing the ball in addition to scoring so um, I think that'll be that'll be a fun three six matchup to look forward to Friday night. But outside of that, I think I think uh, Alabama will win though. Uh, I think I give them the slight edge over Arkansas. Uh, I just love I really just love the Nato. It's offensive play style. Um, you know, everybody saw that viral tweet about how he only gave mid range jumpers one point in practice, uh, and then added a four point line for deeper threes. So. Yeah, you know, I think he's just he's working up magic in uh, Tuscaloosa, and I wish, I wish, you know, the team that I'm a fan of would kind of, you know, adopt some of those principles and stop um, shooting long range twos. But be that as it may, maybe, maybe once uh, we lose in the first round of the SEC tournament and only win nine games all year, we'll make that realization.
2: Yeah, I would hope the coach making nine million dollars a year with a lifetime contract, uh, just being there, just doing whatever he wants, you know, would actually. Try to make that worthwhile. I'm not saying he doesn't try or doesn't care. I'm just saying like when you get a contract like that, it's literally a lifetime contract. He stays there as long as he wants. He can retire if he wants and then still make millions of dollars for his retirement. Like, I don't understand how you get that. But anyway, it's just let's try to do better. Let's try to do a little bit better than that.
0: The only way from here is up. You can't get any worse than the worst team in school history. So, well, I guess you can do worse next year, but there's no possible way that happens.
1: Uh, that's the hope. That's the hope.
0: Fingers, fingers crossed. At least.
1: Yep. Well, uh, that will do it for the conference tournament edition of from the sidelines. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, and Josh said in the intro, um, we have we have uh, tournament preview articles on our website, ftspod.com. Uh, where anthony goss previews all of the major six conference tournaments this week so go ahead and check those out you can find those at ftspod.com slash articles Uh, and then feel free to check out our podcast we got some lcs lec spring split recap podcast from our man tyler bender running around the rift Uh, he kind of previews the upcoming playoffs uh, after the spring splits for both regions. So feel free to go give those a listen. You can find those on our website or on our FTS gaming podcast feed. And while you're at it, feel free to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us at FTS pod on all our social media networks and feel free to send us a message. Uh, if you have any March Madness or uh conference tournaments picks, you want to send us uh, or have any questions, feel free to send those to that on our social media, or you can send us an email to thefdspod at gmail.com.
0: Bye, Bye, have a great time.